Welcome to 247 Real Talk. This is your host, Julian Perry. It's a pleasure to be here with you. My first episode of 2023. Um, this episode, we're going to talk a little bit about the year ending 2022 and how we've started off 2023 and some changes to this 247 Real Talk podcast. So sit back, relax, grab your cup of coffee or orange juice, whatever it is you do when you enjoy this show, and I'll be right back. Welcome back to the 247 Real Talk Podcast. It's a pleasure, as I said, to be here with you. Happy 2023 to you and yours. And um, I hope that you all had a great ending to the 2022 and um, a grand uh, beginning to a year of amazing things to come that represent an amazing year for you. We know in life, you know, you know how much, no matter how much we say, well, we welcome a year and we look forward to things there things that will come, there are challenges, and there are things that we will be able to celebrate. So if I sound a little hoarse or nasal today, I had a struggle to the end of 2022. I was supposed to go on vacation um, to South America to see my father, who turned 91 on um, January 2nd. He is up and about. He drives. He you know, he's he has all his faculties. He's you know, he's really blessed. And on the you know, a few days before the flight, I started feeling really sick. And there's a flu going around, especially in New York. Or maybe for me, it's just especially New York. But um, I got really, really bad. And by the day of the flight, the morning of the flight, I was unable to make the flight, so I had to cancel. And um, I'll try to go see him for a few days in, in you know in a few in a month or two, but that's how my year ended. <clears throat> um, and there's some other things I want to talk about for this show before we get into a couple of things, a couple of topics. So change is part of life. Um, and excuse me if you you know uh, as I said, I have a bit of a cold. Um, in 2022, I teamed up with the Mogul TV Network. And many of my episodes, I don't have the exact count, were aired at Monday nights at 9 p.m. on the Mogul TV Network. I've had recent discussions over the last couple of weeks with the execs from that network, and we've amicably, decide, amicably decided to go our separate ways. And I know when you hear that verbiage, you think, oh, okay, something went wrong. Not really. <clears throat> um, I approached the network because I felt that when I looked at my statistics that I had insight into, most of my listeners, and I've got a, a, a sizable audience out there, and I thank you for each and every one of you, but most of you have remained audio listeners. You have not transitioned to TV network. And therefore, any listeners I get on the TV network, I am depending on the network and their advertising. 
as a mogul TV network is a new network. They have struggled a bit to, um, you know, bring in advertisers. It's a process. And so I didn't feel that I was, you know, I was giving them much of a boost. And I'm not sure they were doing that for me because we're both still in the growth stage. But now I, I have heard from a few people who have said, you know, we still like to see the video. We like to, at some point when we get a chance, you know, click on the TV and watch it. You know, there are, there are people out there, even for my current audience. And even though they may be watching some of the same episodes, you know, over again, they seem to enjoy that part as well. So I've decided in the meantime to launch this podcast on YouTube as well as video. And then maybe sometime down the road, I'll rejoin the Mogul TV network when they, when we have mutually more to offer each other. So I thank them for their collaboration. I thank them for that opportunity. And I look forward to what the YouTube channel will bring for us. All right. So that's our housekeeping. Um, not much more to say about that. So I'm going to take a quick break. And when I, when I come back, I'm going to go into the topics for this episode for this year. Okay, so I'm back and just need to uh, make some technical adjustments before I continued. So I want to talk about two things quickly. You know, I've really tried to work hard to keep these episodes to under 20 minutes so that um, you can have these meaningful conversations, share these perspectives and not get it too long-winded. So there's two things I'm going to talk about today, which will probably uh, end up taking us to under 20 minutes. Let's talk about the Speaker of the House, Mr. Kevin McCarthy. Oh, I'm sorry. The past Speaker of the House, who wants to be the future and current Speaker of the House, but does fail to get the, the, the required 218 votes in his own party. Now, we know that there are 20 uh, Republicans who are dead set against him, who are as of last night, and I think after seven votes, which is unprecedented, I think historically unprecedented, um, they're still holding out. He still was not able to get nominated. I, I, I think about if I were in his shoes, what am I really after? If you are really after doing the right thing for the American people, then I think that you need the majority behind you. And he has that, right? He has 200, just about 200 people. But after seven tries, do you ever entertain the thought that, well, just maybe we should, you know, give someone else a chance? I mean, and I think what is making it more difficult is the fact that President, uh, ex-President Trump, who keeps sticking his nose everywhere where even his own party, I think, doesn't want it, keeps endorsing people trying to say that he has certain amount of power. I'm sorry. Look, I'm not, I don't, everybody knows I don't buy into parties. I don't buy into Democrat. I don't buy into Republican. I think the whole system is, is should be, should be um, eradicated. I think that it's a system that 
is designed to bring about division and to bring about racism and anger and hatred towards each other. But we've seen enough on ongoing things about the ex-president Trump to understand that he should not be a voice of reason or, or a voice that anyone trusts. I don't care where, where you found what part you belong to. I heard a scenario last night where if the 20 Republicans continue to hold out, then they could become a need for a bipartisan um, agreement to get a Speaker of the House. Meaning that they would get some Democrats, I guess, to somehow vote for McCarthy. McCarthy has shown that he is poison to anyone who does not agree with him. His previous reign was racked with name-calling and, 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 uh, and uh, to me, characteristics that are not becoming of the human beings that we are struggling to be in a world that's pushing us in the other direction. There is one scenario where actually um, Akeem Jeffries becomes speaker if it's a bipartisan need. <clears throat> so I'm just saying, you know, I just want to know what your thoughts are. Um, you keep going for a vote. You can't quite get there. You, 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 I understand his position in the sense he's saying, well, I have most of the people who want me there. So I should stay. But at some point, we need to decide whether it's about him or it's about the country. You know, the Republican Party didn't do nearly as well as they thought they would have done in the midterms. And that was a message. And what I'm seeing in this fight right now for the Speaker of the House, I'm not sure they got that message. They're back to their old ways of wanting power and greed. And this is not just the Republican Party. This is politicians in Washington, D.C. I'm saying the Republican Party because we're focusing on McCarthy. But if you listen to my previous podcast episodes, you understand that I go after anyone. Okay? I think that the biggest problem we have is what we lack as human beings. What we're failing to do is to each other to uplift each other and to make our lives better for each other. And, and, and our, our politics and our, and our government is reeked with dishonesty and, and, and racism and prejudice and, and, and greed and all the things that are inherent in politics. But we should be striving to eradicate from our politics for the betterment of this people. Remember, you get uh, elected by the people for the people. And that should be your job. Before I, before I end this episode, I cannot end this episode without mentioning the now infamous George Santos from New York, Congressman-to-be Santos. I don't even know where to begin with this gentleman. He is a, I don't care whether you're Republican, whether you're Democrat, whether you're Libertarian, whether you're Independent, whether you just don't give a crap, he is a disgrace as a human being, he is a disgrace in his behavior. He's a disgrace as a politician. He has, for those people who voted for him and are still so um, self-indulged that they can't bring themselves to publicly stand united against someone like him. And when I say someone like him, I don't want to hear all the people jumping out from the from the from the, the shadows. And I'm talking about. Someone like him who is a fraud, who is a liar, who ran a campaign and convinced people of how good a person he was and the type of life he had that would make him a great candidate and a representative of the people. And it was all a lie. 
You know, here's something very interesting here. He has admitted that in Brazil, he took, he stole someone's checkbook and he used their checks. That is fraud. That is a felony as far as I know. That is a crime punishable by jail. And the Brazilian authorities had, I guess for lack of better terms, of my lack of better knowledge, they had paused his trial because they couldn't find him. And I'm going to use a lot of adjectives today, and I ask you for your forgiveness, cause, cause, but I'm very upset about this. Here comes this guy. Let's, let, me, let, me, let me say this now. This guy comes out of the woodwork to run for office, and, the, and of course the Brazilians didn't have to look for him anymore because here he is in the spotlight. And now they have restarted the trial. They're going to try him absenteeism. And if convicted, on the books legally, there is an extradition treaty that exists between the United States and Brazil. The question is, how many Republicans will stand in the face of, of honor and dignity and the, for, the, for, the, for the, the love of money, power, and greed will, will, will block every effort to make sure that justice is served? These are the people that we are sending to Washington to give us equality to make our lives better, and to make sure that justice is there for the entire uh, population of the United States in the, in the manner in which the legislative branch can do it. And what are they doing? They're actually getting ready to swear in a guy who lied throughout his entire campaign, who got his votes under false pretenses, who is now on trial in another country for a criminal offense. At the least, his swearing in should be somehow paused based on the outcome of that case. But more so, you lied to the very people who put you there. And now that you're there, you want us to go ahead and swear you in and believe that now you will do the right thing. Now let's think about that even more for a little bit. If you're saying that we looked at George Santos's life and up till his election, he led a perfect life. And then for election, he felt that he was falling behind and he made these stories up because he really wanted to be a politician. He really wanted to make a difference. That is still wrong, and it's, but it's a different conversation. This is a guy where his criminal activity precedes his running for government, his running for office. This is a guy who is not a good person. I don't care who he's trying to convince. I don't care how many of you want to turn a blind eye. You cannot hide this. You've got to live with yourself. I've, I've heard so many people rationalize things in life to make it okay to live with. There are going to be consequences to pay. I know the Republican Party as a whole wants to run and hide from this because they've got such a slim majority in the House that losing another person, because I really do feel that if he runs in, in another election, he's going to lose. He's going to lose just because even in the darkest corners of our of our of our our, our hidden our, our closet politicians, so to speak, they will you know there are people who will turn against him, and now that makes the major that makes the, the 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 majority in the house even slimmer because they would lose another uh, seat. So everybody wants to turn a blind eye. Imagine there the all the politicians in New York State came out and said, you know what. We, 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 we hate what he did. We're not going to support him for re-election. Re-election? He hasn't even been sworn in yet for this election. You can do something now. So how are you telling me that you're going to let him go ahead, but next time, is that really the best you can do for the people that you represent? 
I don't care again. I don't care if you're a Republican, if you're a Democrat. I don't care what you are. Is that the best you can do as human beings? Aren't you all ashamed of yourselves? And you're so ashamed of yourselves. You should be so ashamed of yourselves that you should make this right and you should make it right now. Don't you have any other Republican candidate that you can put up against? Uh, who is it, Zimmerman or whoever it is, to run? Don't you have anyone else? That's the entire depth of your party that you need to fly in the face of all American people because when you go to office, when you go to House of Representatives, you're not just representing your party. You become a part of the, the quilt that is supposed to make up our government that governs for all people. Is he the best that you can do? I'm going to flip the script on you. Are you saying to your Republican base... Those people who voted for you, who stand behind you be, this, be, despite your atrocities, that George Santos in New York is the best politician you can come up with. And after him being exposed for acts that are not only uh, dishonorable, immoral, unethical, and depending on what happens in, 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 in Brazil, criminal, you can't find anyone else. You can't agree to some sort of runoff. I know you don't want to. When I say runoff, runoff election, I don't know what the, the correct policy would be. But I understand what your issue is. Your issue is that you're pretty sure that you will lose that seat. And so you're going to go ahead. I can't understand why this entire nation is not frustrated. Why we are so compartmentalized within our, our, our states that we can't look across the borders to see when something's going on wrong or going really wrong with our parties. Every Republican from every single state in the United States should be, should be outraged at George Santos. Find another candidate. If you're claiming that you are the better party in a system that I think, as I said, should be completely wiped out, but if you claim you're the better party, then find someone in the better party who can be the candidate. At least that person will not only represent the Republican interest with dignity, respect, and without baggage, but they might be a good enough human being that they see both sides of the coin and are willing to work with both sides of the aisle. I am tired every time we turn our heads, there's a new controversy with a, with a, with a politician. And unfortunately, this has been all we've been hearing about since our ex-President Trump has gone to office. It's been controversy after controversy after controversy with the Republican Party. I don't forget the days when Barack Obama had the option of um, or had the opportunity to nominate the Supreme Court justice, what the Republican Party did to prevent him from getting nominated another one, and then made sure that they rushed through the nominations for President Trump. I understand because of our system how partisan politics works, but there's a difference between uh, political maneuvering and being cunning. And being, you know, playing a game of chess versus downright hypocrisy and downright blatant ignorance of your actions when you allow someone like George Santos to sit in our in our prestigious House of Representatives, representing people who have no clue who he is, because he's a liar and a fraud. I don't think I've ever been this bold in any of my podcast episodes before. But everyone should be outraged. I don't care whether you're, whatever party you, are, you, are, you align yourself with, or even if you don't align with any party, just like how Generation Z joined together in the George Floyd protests, this entire country needs to come up, go, you know, get up and be outraged 
You guys need to share this podcast and have conversations with everyone you know. There are going to be people who are just going to say, yeah, whatever, and ignore it because they are so caught up in their own lives that they don't realize how much we are interdependent. And then there are those who are going to join the conversation. Make it louder. Even after, if we don't catch it in time and he gets uh, sworn in, make it impossible for him to do his job. Find out where every single office he has is and, and, and peacefully let your voices be heard. This is not about violence. I'm not a violent person. This is about our right to live a life in the best manner we can with the best people representing this nation. We have a lot of struggles behind us and we have a lot ahead of us. We have things like student loans from last year that are going to go into a fight in the Supreme Court in February. I have no idea what the Supreme Court will do, but I'm hoping that they do something that works for all the people, not just some of the people. And I know that's a di- I'm digressing from George Santos, and I'll get back to that again, but uh, before I do, just once again, bring this conversation to everyone. Do whatever you have to do. Take a moment out of your day to write to some senator. Write about what's wrong. Post it on your social media. Social media is so powerful that everyone start protesting George Santos in a peaceful but powerful manner on social media. This is not about having a Republican candidate. We can, they can have that seat in the House if they earn it, but with a candidate who is credible and one who, even before he's, not, he's sworn in, can't even face the media because every single thing about him is a lie. And understand when I say everything what I mean. He talked about where he worked, Goldman Sachs, whoever, that was a lie. He talked about his appearance and, 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 and the Holocaust. That was a lie. And that flies in the face of people who suffered through you know, the Holocaust. Um, I forgot the list of things, but it just goes on and on and on and on. They can't seem to find anything about this guy that's real. And yet we are really going to put him in to the top level of governing the United States of America. We ought to be ashamed of ourselves. I think I'm saying enough about that. I could go on, but you've got my point. The last thing I want to say before I get out of here is that um, we have the case going to the Supreme Court with the student loans, as I mentioned before. And I would look into this camera and, and, and speak to, into this mic and say this, give this message directly to the Biden administration. You need to have a plan. I don't know if the Supreme Court doesn't agree with the Biden student loan forgiveness, whether... There are other things you can do. And I'm going to make some suggestions. If you absolutely cannot give the forgiveness because the highest court in the land goes against you, I think you're still within your powers to do things like capping the amount of of discretionary income that can be used to determine your monthly payment. We need to consider people's bills, their electricity, all the things that have gone up in cost to live in this country that people can't control have to be a part of that equation. The income-driven program is a mess. You need, to, you need to immediately be working right now so that if you lose the case, you come out with a new income-driven program that, again, puts much less burden on the, on the people of America. There are ways around this. We hired and elected a president and, his, and, and, our, and, the, and our members of Congress to be smart and to do smart things to help the lives of those they support. If you were to change the income-driven program, for instance, where people can provide proof of their mortgage 
and certain um, mandatory bills. And you have to be careful about it because you might say, well, someone has a car that's not mandatory. Well, it is if you live in certain areas of this country where public transportation will not afford you to be able to get to where you're going. And there are lots of areas like that. There's light bills, you know, the, the light and gas bills that are governed by these, these, these companies that have some relationship with the government. And, and it, I mean, I looked at my PSC&G electricity bill the other day, and I can tell you that about 52% of the bill is delivery charges. So if you, have, if you use $150 in electricity, expect a bill for over $300. Um, and then the cap of discretionary funds or discretionary income that you that can be used to calculate um, your repayment, you know, drop that a little bit. Make it three percent across the board, graduate and undergraduate. Don't make a distinction between graduate and undergraduate because and an undergraduate degree these days you need a graduate degree for many fields to be competitive. I'm speaking to our president. I'm speaking to you, my listeners. I'm asking you in 2023 to invigorate or reinvigorate yourself to be part of something that not only makes our lives better for the time that we have left on this earth, but most of us and most of you I know because you interact with me other ways on social media. You have families. You have children. You cannot be so caught up in, in the day-to-day activities that you forget that there's going to be a time when they're going to be left on their own in the world that we leave. I've said this before and I've said this again. I don't do this for popularity or for fame. There are no celebrities on my show. Well, I did have one, but there are no celebrities on my show. This is not about basketball stars and and million-dollar deals. This is about real, true grit issues that we, the people who are impacted most by them, need to become a part of to change our lives, to change the narrative, to change the outcome, and therefore and secure a future for those to come. It is my pleasure to have been here for the first episode of 2023. I thank you for all of my listenings, uh, all of the support, I should say, for my listeners for 2022. I look forward to our continued interaction in 2023, and I look forward to you bringing more people on board to this show so we can have a bigger conversation, and then we can look at other ways of expanding this, this, this narrative and expanding our voices. It's been a pleasure. Um, I will let you know when the episode on, on the YouTube, the video version will air, but if you go to 247 or if you search the channel 247 Real Talk Podcast, you can subscribe and you will get the notification when it airs. Until the next time, I'm your host, Julian Perry. This has been 247 Real Talk Podcast. Do take care of yourselves and each other.